What's up, y'all, and welcome back. This is another installment of the Carefree Black Nurse Suite series. We're going over Scream. This is part two of the Scream Suite. I am your host, Rain Coleman, the Carefree Blur, Carefree Black Nerd, and I have with me today, like I had last week, a voice you should already be familiar with. Please let these folks know who is on the mic today what's going on everyone thank you my brother for having me back for part two in this i'm excited uh i am john salvatore cooper and (laughs) i am excited to be here hey hey i'm happy to have you this is i'm realizing through watching this that scream is actually i might go out on a limb and say my favorite horror thriller slasher series like because i'm there's nothing else that's yeah go ahead i know i definitely agree i I think it was sharp Mm -hmm. i think it was definitely of its time and definitely impactful so i i can definitely rock with you because like we said before i told you before i'm not a horror guy but i don't Mm -hmm. really consider this horror i i kind of it has its horror elements, mm-hmm. but it's more like a, a thriller or like a mystery. Absolutely. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't put it as full-fledged horror, though I know it is horror, but for me to be able to like it, I have to kind of add, you know, different caveats. But mm. I don't, no, I don't I hate it. great horror <laughs> the way that like a Friday the 13th is. Yes, yes. Logical shit mm-hmm. or uh, Friday the 13th or anything. Yeah. You know, that can't potentially happen because this very well can happen and has happened. And I'm surprised it had knock on wood coming out just because you know, people crazy. Yes. Crazy as hell. Good Lord. Well, listeners, please strap in. We're about to have a good little discussion about the second installment of the Scream franchise. Uh, make sure to use the hashtag, hashtag, and hashtag. Hashtag! (laughs) 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 So, yes, be sure, be sure. And this is the official start of the Scream Suite. All right, all right, John. Let's get right into it. So, we've already gone over one, we've had our feelings, thoughts, emotions about what 97 Scream 2 is out. What are your thoughts, feelings, general, initial emotion as it pertains to Scream 2? Okay, so. I, again, I'm always dating myself or whatever. Scream 2 came out first semester of me being a freshman mm. in high school. Like, okay. I vividly remember, like, the build up to Scream 2. Mm-hmm. I remember ca- being able to actually catch it in theaters during the re-release. I want to say the re-release was either between march or april of mm. 98 and then of course once it was on yeah this is when blockbuster and hollywood video was a thing when it came on vhs um it was definitely something that was rented and bought and then of course when the dvds came out um i was able to snag it on dvd Scream two had a chokehold on me because <laughs> i like 
I was there and aware of, and, and at that, I've always had the thing of pop culture. Like I knew these actors, I was familiar with their work. Mm -hmm. So it was something that I could like kind of place because these people were at that time, well, still to this time, are just a few years older than me. So I could definitely, mm -hmm. well, maybe not a few years, maybe like, <laughs> whatever. They were in the same generation as me. So I can definitely understand. And, you know, of course, Niev and Sierra and, you know, Jerry O'Connell, like people that I've, I've watched projects because they had projects at the time and it was mm -hmm. great to kind of, you know, see them step away from those roles that we were so familiar with them in. Bruh, screen two. I have no working memory. No, 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 that's a lie. Um, I remember seeing this movie, but I don't remember all the details. So even mm -hmm. when going back to watch it for this podcast, I was like, I I I know who the killers are, but a lot of this shit is still gray, gray area to right. me. So I enjoyed it almost kind of like the first time, but back then, I, what would I would have been? Uh oh, yeah, I would have been middle. Is that middle school? I don't know, middle school, high school age, whatever. But um. Yeah, this was something. And again, I keep revisiting Party of Five because even though I didn't watch that show religiously mm -hmm. or like weekly, that's where I knew Neff Campbell from. And whatever came on before it, I remember watching that and then seeing the clips for the next episode of Party of Five and seeing her. And so I remember being obsessed with this, but I have no, I have nothing that's truly tied me to this movie past being too young to watch this shit and still watching it because I had older cousins, but right, that's about it for me. Um, so Scream 2 takes place two years after the first series of murders as Sydney acclimates to college life. Someone donning the ghost face costume begins a new string of killings. And this is true. I absolutely love this series and the what I realize that makes me love this so much is that, and I wrote it down, mm -hmm. Scream is an exercise in creative writing and continuity. So as a nerd, reading comics and watching mm -hmm. animated shows and like getting the continuity of the big Marvel, DC, and whatever, Scream is no less as um, intricate, but as someone who's seen every movie in the franchise, you see how whether good or bad, executed well or not, you can pull from damn near anything in continuity. Right. Like the Meeks, the Meek Martin kids, like, bruh, that makes sense. They're not just born out of thin air. So, yeah, man. Yes. Yes. So, um, yes, uh, exercise in creative writing and continuity. What, um, what are your Let's go right to the black man. Let's go right to Dwayne Martin. Let's go right to Mr. Negro. How are we feeling about the black man who survived? <laughs> I love Dwayne Martin in this role. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I think I read somewhere where he kind of had a say-so in his character's demise, or sorry, his character's arc in the movie, because I think he, it, again, Allegedly, this is all what I've read based in facts or it's fan fiction that he went to Wes Craven and was like, this character would not be staying around if all of this shit is going on. 
he yeah, would leave, and that's why Dwayne Martin's character left. Because I want to say in the original script, he was supposed to have been murdered. Mm. And I want to say the scene where Randy was murdered is where Joel was supposed to be murdered. Oh, okay. It's working. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I, I I like that. I like that. Um, and I'm glad because like the opening was more than enough for me. I was like, right, oh, come on. <laughs> Ah, uh, so the movie you opens kill up. three of the four black people in the movie. Hey, it's giving very Mayfair witches. And oh, don't get me so, started. <laughs> so I, I was in my feelings about it because the two black folks got murdered. But once we got the explanation as to how this person was copycatting mm-hmm. the original killer, it didn't make me feel better. But I was like, oh, that makes I like that. I like that you're pulling um, because Jada Pickett's character name was Maureen. Uh, and oh Lord, the, um, Phil Stevens, Omar yes, Stevens. Phil Stevens. Yes, Phil Stevens. So, um, and then we had Cece, whose real name was Casey. 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 Yeah, so I was like, that's again a creative writing, very ex- much like, so. That because even, um, I don't know, and it was such a small line to be like, oh, well, what's Cece's? Was that her real name? It's like, no, it's Casey. It's like, bro, this is good, yeah. Um, so with this opening scene, how what are you what are your thoughts? You're opening up, you see these two black folks, you see them at the theater. What is going through your mind? I I love the intro music after we cut from the Dimension Miramax logos mm-hmm. where they're playing a D'Angelo song. Yes. And then it kind of sprawls out to, you know, an evening. I want to I'm going to assume it's spring because he had a jacket but she did so I, anyway mm-hmm. I want to that so that really was like okay this it feel it it's drawn it drew me in I was like okay this is cool this is hip this is of the time and it's like I'm I saw it recently and I was like this movie theater is pandemonium like I just could not fathom in real life giving out these masks and these costumes given what this movie is about and given copycat culture because copycat serial killers is not a new thing it it definitely predates the scream franchise i just thought that was wild and then of course i'm looking at it through pandemic eyes i'm like y'all are really close it is very crowded yeah (laughs) Like, like of course nobody has a mask on but like no you're breathing too close <laughs> like so that that was my whole take on the original um scene Ugh. yeah i i i got the sense that phil and um jada that they weren't really in no good space i either that or like was he an asshole it's like are they what kind of relationship is this because this nigga one is cheap Two is stingy yeah. with the money, and then are is not. I ain't gonna say honoring her wishes because the tickets were free. He did say it was free. Um, so I was like, damn, why not go to the Sandra Bullock show? I mean, I understand we're watching a movie, so certain things need to happen. Right. But I was like, do you even like this girl? Um, additionally, I'm not going into any theater that's up in arms like that. I absolutely not. Fuck it. My I'll touch the matinee. Black 
soul would not allow me to sit in there because I feel like, and, and this is me having been at an HBCU and been at a PWI, a lot of this movie, though I enjoy it, I was like, oh, I don't know that this would happen. Like, it wouldn't have, it would not have happened at a, P, at a HBCU. It just would not have happened. No, because I'm like, what the? A lot of the decisions that were being made, and I get that we're in a certain time, so I'm not, that's not lost on me, but I was like, bruh, what are y'all doing? Um, but me, and my black ass girlfriend and my black ass going into a theater full of these rowdy ass white keys with these mm-hmm. masks and capes and knives, bro. This not happening. It's this not, is not it's happening. It's a, a big fat no dog. No thanks. Mm-mm. Maybe next time. Yikes! Uh, but the the much like you, I'm concerned that you're giving these people masks and letting them run wild. And I'm thinking, like, man, how how many things? Have I mean, well, hell, cars didn't used to have seatbelts. Like, there are so many things that went on in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s right. that now it's like, what the hell was y'all on? Like, it don't just say crack and don't just say, you know, pharmaceuticals. Like, what the fuck was going on? So, right. there is a showdown in the bathroom where Phil gets stabbed in the ear, which, first thing in my mind as an adult, I was like, Oh, I I vaguely remember this, but because I'm also queer, I was thinking like, is this where is this scene going? Right. I, you know, I was like, wait, what what is? So the the Ghostface had a um device or something that was playing sounds like something said, oh mommy, this it sounded like a small child or a or a woman. Yeah, and this nigga put his ear to the wall of nope. a bathroom stall. Killer or not, I'm not doing that. So. And two, let me tell you, this is what twenty six years later. Mm, yeah, wait, seven, seventeen, twenty. No, wait, what? 20, oh, this is twenty six years later, right? Something like that. Oh lord, let me do the math. To this let day, math. let me tell you, nigga. To this day, I am always uneasy taking a piss. At a urinal because Ooh. it's just like it's no, and let me tell you this not only just <laughs> not just the public urinal, nigga. And it, for some reason, I always have to go to the bathroom before a movie. Oh, like I think I do that purposely so I don't have to get up during the movie. Okay, every time I go to the bathroom before a movie, I uh, this this image, this scene from this movie always plays in my head, and I'm always like. I'm pissing quick. I'm washing my hands and I'm hightailing it out of here. I'm not playing because, like I said, just like to no, you you won't yeah. get me. It won't be news at eleven. <laughs> Local man found stabbed in the bathroom. Cut to a clip from Scream Two. Nah, nigga, new, new. That shit, yeah, no. they can keep that. And that, um, that I think is some of the beauty of Scream because I think that scene, not that no one, um, has been murdered in a bathroom in a show or a movie, but like right. that very clear scene of that man on the ground with blood streaming from his ears, like, eh, that gives me a little bit uh, more hyper aware because uh, art imitates life, and I don't want to be part of this right. Life. That's that, that was too close <laughs> to home, and then, um, as I've watched it as an a, like a fully fl- fleshed out adult mm-hmm. i'm like how sharp is this knife hey. how thick is the bathroom wall <laughs> hey. that he was able to pierce not only the wall 
into hey. his ear. Hey, it was precise. He sharpened that motherfucker. He had he to was... do something because I was like, "This is, this is." I mean, granted, it's a movie. I was like, "This is a little too." Yeah. It's shocking, mm-hmm. and it gets the people going. But it's like, <laughs> could this really like is? Could you really? I, I file it under the paradox of the Tatum shit. Like, yes. I okay. I'm gonna yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. There was a lot of okay. things like that that happened in this movie. Where I was like, man, I have to suspend belief because what the hell? What the hell are y'all right. doing? Um, watching Jada get stabbed. And bleed out. So I was of two minds. One, with the movie, it made sense. I'm like, everybody's rambunctious. You've already set up that they're loud and screaming. Right. Fine. But like seeing this black woman, I'm sorry, I can't not. I can't when when there are no other black people who are like prominent in the cast, like right. making a difference. I was like, bro, I can't. It was hard to watch. It was. Um, it really was. <laughs> so I ain't gonna hold you. Even her up at the front in front of the screen. I'm just like, bro. Now I I had an issue the whole scene. It was it was wild, but what the issue I had, and maybe this is in recent, I want to say the last 10 years of watching it. Mm-hmm. I feel like that last scene when she was crying out and then she falls on her back. Mm-hmm. To me, that was not I. And I don't want to be nitpicky, and I don't want to be that guy, but I just feel like that was not believable, and it felt um, like overacting. And I get mm. that this is a, a horror movie that's sat, you know, satire, but it's just yeah. like that. That only I only had that issue with her performance mm-hmm. up until then. Great performance, but that screaming and falling mm. flat back, I was like. I, do that but the even with her being able to make it up to the screen i'm like ma'am you are like 98 pounds like losing all this blood and you know just a few stabs i'm pretty sure you hey. would have just collapsed in the aisle but that's hey. just that's just me being in look Look, I get it. That's that's I my concern was, I was like, why she ain't grabbing nobody? <laughs> like, and I, I again I get it. It's a movie. And then my getting. thing is once he sits down and he's not talking, like I'm just saying in my mind, because I'm like, we black. So mm-hmm. my mind is if you're not speaking, what's up with that? Hey. And then two, like maybe this is me thinking too much. Omar <laughs> Epps gives or Omar Amazon is different than Phil Stevens. I would assume the nigga had cologne on. And where he did, the killer did have his jacket on. I just feel like you would be able to smell the rainwater in baloney under the... That, I was just like, "Mm." it's not super unbelievable, but I just feel like I would have just picked up one little... Me personally, I'm just like, yeah, y'all aren't exactly okay, but all right, yeah, yeah, it was, it was very odd. Um, yeah, it's very odd, but I mean, I guess they set up that he was an asshole, anyways, and so jumping out and scaring her after she got popcorn and shit. I'm like, bro, this does not feel like maybe it was, maybe in '97, that was just regular behavior of a young teen guy, but nigga, 
ain't no way. Um, so we get the opening. We move over to the campus where Sydney is still receiving these calls. And one, maybe I'm just poor, but that was a nice dorm room. That dorm looked like a house. The dorms I stayed in in college didn't. They weren't that. They were very much, um, I don't know, drumline or whatever. But uh, but her <laughs> very and, much Pontawana. Uh, we love you look. with our hearts. <laughs> no, truly. Um, what I do want to say is the inclusion of this black roommate. This is where, for me, I was watching this, and not even necessarily through a negative lens, but just looking like I wonder. Like representation truly does matter. Not that there aren't black people out there who like, um, you know, white fraternities and sororities and enjoy PWI and has a slew of, you know, white friends. But something about this, I was like, does this is what I was grappling with. Does this feel real? Looking at this black woman at this school, like, does she's her acting is she's acting well. She's, you know, portraying her character. I was like, but does this feel real to me? It didn't. Uh, let me tell you why it didn't feel real to me where Elise Neal is a gorgeous woman. She does not look old, but to me, mm. she did not look like she would go to this school. Mm. Like I, there was just something that like, cause in my mind, like this and higher learning are in the same universe, but okay. it can't be because Omar Epps is in both movies. Dang. But I'm just like, <laughs> I feel like she would have been friends with Tyra Banks' character from mm. um, Higher Learning. So I'm just like, mm. and that yeah. was a mixed school, but I don't know. I just, it didn't, Hallie seemed out of place mm. to me. Okay. And maybe that is, it, maybe it's a thing where the character was written this way and the character made sense, but the actress that was cast brought something else and it just didn't go with the setting. I feel like mm. if, I don't know, I was glad to see sprinkle of diversity that we got, but I, I, I don't know. I feel like if she would have more so been Joel's girlfriend or sister or something that might've worked. It, it just didn't, she didn't click for me in mm -hmm. that friend group that was the friend group of Scream 2. It just, it didn't like the Scream 1 friend group made sense to me. This mm -hmm. friend group, I'll, and I hate to say it, it just felt like, you know, Elise was a diversity hire. Yeah, I could see that. I could see where the Hallie character to me felt like she was just written as a character, maybe as a white girl, and they just cast, um, and um, Elise Neal got the role. I could see that. Right, um, I feel like that's what it might have been. Yeah, because a lot of these decisions, like... But then I'm like, I don't know. I just think there could have been a little bit more nuance where, and I know this may come off wrong, but I, it would have been nice if there would have been some type of connection between Hallie and you know, maybe Maureen and Phil, because mm -hmm. I mean, in that setting where maybe, it, I mean, it is a mixed school. We're going to assume it's a mixed school because we did see three African-American students in the forefront. Mm -hmm. Maybe it would have been something like, damn, 
we don't usually get I, I don't know I, I would have liked a better thread between the mm-hmm. characters of color having a callback to them or a reference or like damn I knew Maureen but I, mm-hmm. I, I want to say they were seniors so maybe that's why it wasn't too much of a connection yeah but we did um we kind of we got that but it was with CC's characters but yeah. I get what you're saying, and I feel the same way. Because when I um, was at a PWI, it wasn't everyone was just, you know, hand holding friends. But we all you knew each other at least by face, and was right. in some of the same spaces. So I'm with you, and that's where I think the one I know it's a multi character cast, and so you have to juggle a lot. But some of this right. stuff could be explained with one or two words or one or two sentences. And I'm much like you, I this friend group. Even aside from um, Hallie, did not feel that cohesive. Like with Billy and them, when Billy was discovered as the killer, that kind of did something because I'm like, damn, this feels like the perfect little setup. Whereas with Derek, I didn't like him. I didn't like him for a number of reasons, but one in particular was he said, I don't remember verbatim, but it was after she was attacked and he was like oh you um you want space is it because you are emotionally unavailable or is it because you you don't trust me and i was like right we know the shit she went through like you there's no way you dating sydney prescott and you don't at least get the cliff notes of what happened right i do your homework and inside is but yeah and you make this shit about you like yeah you might love her and want to be with her that's fine but this ain't just no girl who's dealing with a crazy ex or dealing with um not knowing if she want to be with you she is literally have a serial killer following her cross country because aren't they in ohio like following they are so i didn't realize during the original run the movie Mm -hmm. was in ohio Mm -hmm. i want to say i didn't realize it was in ohio so probably like 2006 or 2007 i just assumed it was yeah some school in california mm-hmm. or new mexico like i just didn't yeah. think that it was ohio of all places because it's very nondescript it really is yeah so it yeah just, I, it didn't give me ohio vibes but yeah I and that's the other thing i've been in ohio bruh ohio state like well i guess you really wouldn't want to set it there but but yeah no no I'm, I'm with you and and this friend group felt so disjointed to the point where you mm-hmm. tell me is hallie and Mickey, were they in a relationship or no? I okay, so I want to say this is how I put it because in a leaked script, they were no, that no, they that wasn't it, was Hallie and Derek were the killers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think. I think in the one of the leak scripts, Der, um, Mickey and Hallie were a couple, mm-hmm. but I think maybe they tweaked the script where it there was some subtlety there, but it wasn't like full on. There are yeah. like in the leak script. Yeah, that's weird. I think if they had have been in a relationship, it would have made more sense to me. Um, mm-hmm. I know when they went to that frat party, he said something that she was like, "No," he said. Can, can I get you something? Like, oh, that tall, 
Bronze frat boy, whatever she said, and that was the only instance in this movie that made me think like, oh, are they flirting? Is there something going on here? Um, but I think that speaks to the disjointedness of this friend yeah. group because they were not believable to me. They, they just weren't. Right. They weren't. Um, so we get the sorority. Is it? I don't know. Delta something. <sighs> I. It's not a huge issue, but I feel like the sorority stuff could have been cut out to make way for better connections with the main cast. Um, I agree. Yeah, I don't. I feel like the sorority was there just to be anti Sydney, to be the Quinn to their to Sydney's Daria. Like it felt like that was the entire reason for them. Um, and then you also threw in Sarah Michelle Geller, but I don't know. It's just as much as I like this franchise, this just felt I don't feel like a lot of things were just happening until we got to the point of like pulling things together in act two. Right, um, right. Yeah. So what what is um I guess your impressions of <sighs> well let's go with Cece with with her. Okay, her, so the, bi the bias is going to come out because come I have been a Sarah Michelle Geller stan since mm -hmm. 1993, so four years prior to Scream 2 even coming out. So I was already rooting for Sarah Michelle Geller. Um, so it's interesting to me because, of course, at that time she was Buffy. She was this kick ass superhero. So to see her in these horror movies, being the victim and getting fucked up and murdered mm -hmm. was like crazy to me. Um, to this day, I still like will answer my phone, Omega Beta Zeta. Uh, <laughs> and the people that get it, get it. And the people that don't, are like, what the fuck? I'm like, mm -hmm. anyway, I, I, to kind of step away from it, the roommate Donnie from Scream 2. Mm -hmm. I honestly believe, and this would be crazy if this comes true, I think that that is, I think she's going to pop back up in this new franchise. Mm. I feel that she is Tara and Sam's mom. And she, yeah. Okay. I mean, because you heard it here first, folks. It's a thread that you could like. It's a thread that you could kind of see because it's in the background. But it's like, hmm, because they mm -hmm. they have different dads. Or wait, do they have different moms? Or they have no, they have different dads because they're. Or was it explained that they had this? I know they don't have the same. They don't no, they don't have the same dad. So they do have the same mom. Okay, so I I don't know. I just feel like it would be clever to retcon it or mm -hmm. kind of not not even retcon it because donnie was this throwaway character for what two scenes in scream 2 mm -hmm. if the writers were kind of revisiting older movies to kind of tie stuff together mm -hmm. i could see where oh it's expounded that donnie is actually from woodsboro and sydney mm -hmm. just maybe not know her and mm -hmm. that's when you know she met billy this not the third um but I, I could totally be wrong. But yeah, um, I I'm gonna give it to Sarah Michelle Gellar. Mm -hmm. Her 
her scene, her her death scene was was pretty. It was. I will say she put up a fight. I I mm-hmm. don't see running upstairs though. To me, I was like, bro, this is a bitch. Why are bro. you running upstairs? <laughs> I would have run outside, but I feel like and she did. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if they would have done that, it might have been bar for bar, like a kind of the CC thing. I'm sorry, mm. the Casey from Scream One. Mm-hmm. Um, even I, I watched this YouTube clip. I want to say maybe a month or two months ago. Mm-hmm. No, it was last month, where the original scene with CC was completely different, mm, and okay. it kind of paid homage to. Drew's character, but they said it was too similar where mm. she was strung up in a tree and mm. everything and her yeah, death damn. scene, he threw her through the patio outside. He stabbed her in the kitchen and shit. It was just like, I'm glad they went with what they went. But I was like, mm. he didn't threw this 85 pound woman <laughs> off just throwing her, like stabbing her, didn't kill her. You didn't flew her, flung her ass off Hey, I, I want to say that for, for the already house what three stores four, had four to stores? be. I think three at least. Off, her you and the thing is, you heard the snap and the, the kablam, mm-hmm. and it's like and then he wipes his um blade off, and then it goes right to music. I was like, ain't that about a bitch? Yeah, that was oof. that that worked my nerve because I feel like she was the closest to having a real. Uh, response to this killer over everybody else. Like, but when she ran up them stairs, I was like, man, come on, girl. Fuck that damn house phone. Run. What else? Like, I would have called somebody, hey, come back to the house, or I would have been out of there. Man, look, I threw that shit on the floor and kept it moving. Because, like, bro, sis, come on, man. You can't. At this point, you know there's somebody like people have died on campus. People from your campus have died. Like, what are you doing? I was like, man, look, I wanted Buffy to bring her ass up, (laughs) right? Because Buffy would have whooped his ass, but that that just shows the the range that Sarah has. Because absolutely, I was like, damn, bitch, damn, (laughs) like your ass flung. Yeah, the physical acting in this movie is. Um, wow, like I just watched some some wrestling something like a couple nights ago, and though I know it's fake, I was like, I enjoy it because of the athleticism in this mm-hmm. uh sport. You are really falling from high in the air. You may be pulling your punches, but the pa- the impact is real. And watching right. this, I'm like, bro, this is a lot of moving around. This is a lot like like you said, throwing motherfuckers through windows and off the balcony, like stunt double or not, just that. Ah, you got to land on something, and that shit didn't look fun. Uh, right. But I enjoyed it. This, I think, my brand is representation in comics and related media. Mm-hmm. So, though I love this franchise, I I have to. I like what Maureen's character said in the beginning, which was pretty much black people are underrepresented and people of color underrepresented in these horror films. And then she goes on to be one of the first killed. And then the movie goes on to also reflect that very same sentiment. Um, The sorority party and all the scenes on campus. I. I know it's real life because, again, I've been at it to a PWI, but like. 
it doesn't sour my taste in this movie, but like I wonder what this movie could have been or would have been um in the hands of someone else who just a different casting director. Because even right. you mentioning higher learning, like even that campus was just more diverse. Like it was a large white population, large black population went up, but that was just a more lived in familiar campus to me. This right. shit. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I I can't I can't get with it. I can't get with it. But whatever it is, what it is. So um, we some sorority girls go home, find uh, CC dead on the ground. And, uh, my thing is, where were the parents? Ain't no parents popping up. Active, yeah, these grown people in college, but these are still day babies. But I feel like they also. I don't feel like anyone, I, maybe the lens I saw through was everyone was a transplant. I don't feel like anyone was like a local mm, I can um, see that. student. So it's like, you're probably like three, 4,000 miles away. So are your parents really going to get here that quickly? I'm going to pull your ass out of school now, little right. There Ain't no way. Right. Oh, shit. No, that, that's fair. That's fair. So let's talk about Dewey. Uh, Dewey and then Dewey and um, Gail. What are your thoughts on Dewey with this second installment? Did he once seem like a consistent character? Hmm. <laughs> um, I'll be honest. Like, Dewey, for me, mm-hmm. I really didn't take any stock in Dewey till probably the fourth and fifth movie. <laughs> Prior to that, he was just there. Like, he was just like, bumbling fumbling and i'm just like how are you not dead because you have been getting fucked up consistently hey and you're a you're a small man you have a slight stature like you you should have more than that limp you should probably be in a wheelchair or hover around or something hey you got fucked up bro bad and twice Um, and Yeah, I feel like he was still like, like you're in your twenties, like, and you 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 clock some field time. Mm. So I feel like you shouldn't still kind of be. I don't know. There's a difference in being an awkward, mature person and an awkward, like, gangly kid. Mm-hmm. And I was still was getting like awkwardly gangly kid in the second mm. one. Yeah, he well, is twenty six. So I remember. Gail made the comment about she rates well between young men 14 to 24. And he was mm-hmm. like, I'm 25. Oh, but I used to watch you. That was that little flirting thing. He, to me, uh, just felt like we needed somebody from the first uh, from the first series. Because I know that this is a small town and you're here to visit with Sydney, but like, is this a weekend that you have off? Like, what is happening? Like, I don't right. see- did you take PTO? Are you on extended bereavement? Like, Man, is this look. a delayed bereavement? Because you really live in Woodsboro. So, what uh, now, that, now that you brought that up, I'm thinking about no, that's why I didn't think that it was mm-hmm. in a different state because I was like, well, why is Dewey? Yeah. Because I felt like it, I felt like it was a local college because Dewey was still here. It's like, why are you here? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he he didn't look different enough for me. I think everybody else, like I know with um, 
with uh Steph, his character, he oh, I watched a video where there was a guy who broke down like his the way he stood out from the cast in the first movie, even with like the wardrobe to how mm-hmm. well he fit in here in the second movie, like showing that he was no longer like visually, he was no longer that geeky nerdy character. He could get girls. He was ran, ran with the best of them and uh, I mean, only to be killed in the end, but which I, whatever, we'll get there. I didn't like that shit. Uh, but yeah, with Dewey, I, I didn't, I, I liked seeing him, but I think, looking back on it, knowing that him and Courtney Cox had gotten married, I think either after this or right around this time, right around the time. that was the draw for me. Cause I also was someone who grew up watching friends. So right. Courtney Cox was a draw for me as well. I not going to say we didn't need him, but I feel like with this franchise, you could have easily put someone else in that role. Um, because if we got Mrs. Loomis being the, obsessed fan journalist of gail it could have easily been the same type of obsession character who was like a police officer locally um to kind of throw you off the scene we're like oh if if billy loomis's mom is the reporter and she's evil then maybe the cop but i don't know i don't know whatever but they did what they did and it was the movie we got but i i don't really care for him either way i could take him and leave him right yeah take him and leave him um so speaking of gail gail comes in with this fresh new look streaks in her hair very late 90s early 2000s um how are you feeling about gail in in this in this uh installment well gail weathers maximoff uh from (laughs) x-men evolution um i i like gail like gail is funky she's feisty she's spunky and I'm all for those type of characters. Um, her getting punched in the face. <laughs> I'm not an advocate for violence, but I mean, sometimes you got to hand out the smoke. And Gail, you, know, you kind of like you, where you can be funky, feisty, and, you know, spunky. You have to be prepared that somebody's going to run you to fade. And man. I mean, that bill comes due. That bill comes due. Yeah. Yeah. More times than not. I didn't realize how much I didn't like Gail. Like I liked her in the first installment, but <coughs> I'm looking at her going into the second movie. I'm looking at her through screen five, through eyes, through the lens of screen. Five. So I'm like, oh yeah, this girl, I forgot she was such an asshole. Yeah. Um, and the yeah. main thing that made me like hate her was bringing cotton onto that campus and hiding him and then popping him. That's what really like out of all the shit she did, bro. I was like, Oh, I'm, she is a shitty, but I think the movie did a good job at giving her a redemption arc. Mm -hmm. But that moment that cotton popped up, I was like, what the fuck is Sabretooth doing here on this (gasps) campus? Like nigga move. So (laughs) yeah, he see, and this is why I say this franchise that first movie really did a good job of laying laying out. Okay, how do I put this? So, I'm, I'm a writer. When I write, I have a flagship series. There's three books. I wrote it way back in the day. Revised it. Like that's what I build my quote unquote universe off of. So any book that you get from me, more than likely has ties back to that first book. And watching this movie, 
the second installment and see like cotton could have just been a throwaway character this happened and right. along like to give him a actor to give him a role in this movie and to set him up and because everybody was set up to be a red herring everybody could have possibly been ghostface but cotton and i think that was perfect casting if you ask yeah. me i think that that's a good looking white man. A Manchurian candidate is on my every time I think him, it's either that or Sabretooth from X-Men. Um, yeah, that's always Sabretooth from me when I think of him. And he's so big and so massive compared to how small um Nev Campbell was watching this man pop out and then spend the rest of the movie trying to advocate for himself. And like what bruh, what what do you think? What is your your thoughts on cotton as a as an entity in this, um, this I like I like the character of Cotton. Um, I think he played his. I, I think he played teetering between sideline and main character. I think mm-hmm. he did good. I like where you said, and I like how he was, you know, more fleshed out in the second one. Because when I think back on the first one, I think he was barely there. If in yeah, like I think he might have had like maybe three scenes tops. Yeah, F that guy. Um, I the library scene for me is where I started to question, but I was like, no, it'd be too obvious for him to be the killer, even though like in my head I knew who it was. Um, but I did like that, like the handling of him because again, at the end of the day, everything he did looking at it independently was just to get Sydney to sit with him. And I was asking myself, well, why the fuck does it matter? But then I was also like, you went to jail for murder. However right. innocent you might be, there are still people who are going to think of you as a murderer no matter what. Like, what kind of jobs can you get? What kind, So when he brought up the money, he was like, it's $10,000 or whatever. I'm like, he probably need that shit. He right. needs that money. And you aren't... It, yeah, so I I enjoyed him. I, I truly did. And have we gotten anything else from Cotton in the franchise? Like, he didn't have any kids, did he? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Because, again, this is another leg of or branch on the original uh, story that you can definitely pull from in future installments. Like, oh, man. Um, and so what about now, unless, now, unless he got Maureen knocked up and they gave the baby away, which I that would be <laughs> just too far-fetched. Hey, no, yeah, no, because... Yeah, because it would have to be after Sydney, considering her junior years when the affair happened, he would have been locked up her whole junior to senior year. So yeah, that I mean, but she, who knows? Who knows? At this point, I think I'm more forgiving of this franchise if they want to do retcons than I am with like a Marvel movie, right? Because you right. have your already established continuity. No retcon, bitch. Ain't yeah, no. yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna let them work. I'm gonna let them cook. Um. So I don't like Derek. Did you have any um issues with or any I don't like I don't I don't like Jerry O'Connell as an actor. I think mm. he's flat. I think he's wooden. Um and the thing is he's not even good. Like it's not like okay, he's not a great actor and he looks good. He's just like to me he is generic white guy fill in stand in number 3. Like there's just oh, no. nothing captivating <laughs> about him i mean outside of he's got nice blue eyes but that's it like to me he's just uh, he's just there like he 
I mean, Derek, the character was pretty douchey and kind of like, let me tell you that singing scene is mm. so cringy. Like I remember watching it as a 14 year old cringing. I remember watching it as a 24-year-old cringing. I remember watching it as a 34-year-old cringing. And I'm just like, ugh, like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. no, hang it up. Ugh. Move on. <laughs> to me, that was so fucking, bro, it was so corny to me. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was. I um, I didn't like it. I thought it was something that would have been cute. Had the possibility it to, mm, to work, to be cute, to to something but it just it wasn't this and i keep trying to look at it again with the lens of like 97 but even then i'm like bro what's it your stupid ass and then he gave her his uh fraternity letters and that was such a big deal and i was like man this this all seems silly as fuck like none of this none of this matters he's not a good guy this this right. nigga who was worried that you didn't trust him like you didn't trust your first boyfriend who actually did kill your mother like bruh he so i didn't like him i didn't like him mm -hmm. um could have went with somebody else hell shit you could have gave her a girlfriend for all this i don't care about him um so the two cops i'd like to focus on how incompetent they were um the bodyguards again something else we didn't need sydney would have been better off on her own for this entire franchise give her ass a gun all she needed was a gun that's it. That's it. Um, I guess my biggest issue was the library scene. I know we needed that scene to give Cotton and her like an extended conversation, the actual mm -hmm. conversation. But if if you're on a computer and you get a threatening instant message, and then my job, me and my partner's job is to find out who did it, I shouldn't let you out of my sight. They were going for entirely too long while she was talking to Cotton. Cotton could have threw her down some steps. Right. So... I, I don't know. This movie is, I don't know if I would call it camp. I know stab. I would say stab is camp. Oh, uh, yeah. Stab is camp du jour. It, I don't know. Again, I do like this franchise, but the more I'm thinking about it and break it down in second installment, I am having an issue with it more than when I initially watched it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. Do you think there was enough scenes of the movie stab in this movie? No, <laughs> no. I, I think, I think one more scene would have been good. I think even a third scene would have been all right. I felt like the one scene was just, and then it was like a gratuitous scene. It's just like, okay, give me a fucking break. So, what are your thoughts on Tori Spelling as, uh, as Sydney? Mm, okay, so if we are talking. Two okay, we're talking 90s and we're talking Sydney and we're talking people at that time. Mm -hmm. I it wouldn't have been let me so if we're looking through the Hollywood lens of things, mm -hmm. it would not have been Tori Spelling because to and I, I'm not trying to be come on anything. Tori Spelling does not have the look of a Hollywood starlet in a hot movie. She has the look of a Nepo baby. Mm -hmm. um, if we were going to cast someone 
from the 90s that was popular as Sydney, I would have gone with Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Like that, to mm. me, that would have made more sense. It would have been Tiffany Amber Thiessen, um, you know, Kelly Kapowski prior to the 90210 thing. I would have done that. Shit, I would have even, which they probably didn't have the budget for. Shit, I would have done. Alyssa Milano before mm, I just, uh, because dang. she has that va va voomness to her. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't have done Tori Spelling. I just like where Tori Spelling definitely had her run of Lifetime movies in the nineties. Mm-hmm. I just feel like this is a theatrical film, and it's just like mm, nah, not Tori Spelling. See, I would have preferred and walk with me now. And I'm saying this mainly because of two things that popped up in this movie. I would have preferred the cast of Friends. So even like Lisa Kudrow, she does not have the look at all. But you have Courtney Cox playing Gail. David Schwimmer, Ross, was mentioned in the um, in the movie. And then uh, um, Rachel, uh, Jennifer Aniston was mentioned as well. And I was thinking, like, is this something where Courtney Cox ask for this to be included maybe she has a relationship with um with the creative team maybe this was like an inside joke but friends the actual friends like spirit of it was in this movie and um though we never saw ross geller he was um he was still mentioned in name drop so it's like okay well hell put the whole cast in here then like Shake shit up. But... I don't think I feel like Lisa Kudrow looked old back then. Oh, so yeah. Like, yes. She definitely would not have fit a high schooler. No, yeah, no, no, no. She definitely she was older than the cast of uh friends. She was the oldest of them. So yeah, no. Oh, she, she was not, Yeah, so no, oh. she would not have looked. I think she's older by maybe, and I, I could be wrong. Y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but I think at least seven or eight years older than everyone oh, else. Oh shit. Okay. But it was just the fact that they um mentioned so much of the friends cast i was like damn this is the right venn diagram for me a lashky kid in the 90s who watched friends forever in a day and also loved true crime like this movie was mm-hmm. tailor-made for me so there's that um so th- once we figure out that the killer or killers are taking the events of the woodsboro murders and trying to recreate them in their own way on campus uh, we get into that push of shit investigating and the park scene where ultimately we get another death. I want to say that was set up to make it look like it was Joel who was the murderer. Yeah. Um, but I never got that. Even back then, I didn't feel like, oh, this black man. And I think specifically because. I watched true crime in uh, like unsolved mysteries type way, not like true crime as we have it now, but I pay a lot of attention to what the folks say in the movies and um, uh, Dewey's character said out his mouth when um, Hallie was, um, was mentioned as the possible murder. He was like, no, it's usually uh, straight white guys. And that stuck to me. That stuck in my head. So I was like, okay, right. If he's saying this, this not a everyday conversation. This is the movie. If somebody says something, you have to pay attention to it because it means more than what it is on the surface. And so I never considered him. So that scene didn't work for me even when I was a kid. Um, but how do you feel about that murder? Like being like the actual act of that particular murder, pulling this man in a van and stabbing him to death. Ugh. 
that was wild. I'm gonna be honest. That was wild as fuck. And then they have the music playing right after. I was like, y'all are on some gutter shit. Um, it was. I mean, it sucked to see Randy go. Yeah. I mean, wrong place. And I mean, again, you was talking cash shit. Like, Man. dog, you can't be talking cash shit to the killer. Yeah. Again, the bill is gonna come due, and. You had an extra order of potato wedges, so you got to get it, bro. You, <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. I um, he was someone who I wanted to see go on to do more, right. uh, because again, his his education about horror movies from season season one, Lord, from the first movie, made me look forward to seeing him. So to see him go really. Kind of messed me up because I'm like, this is the encyclopedia. This is the nigga you want on your team. So thank you. There's that. Um, Dewey and Gail's relationship, and then I'm going to move into like they're running with the killer. What are your thoughts on that? Having your not so favorable opinions of Dewey, what do you feel about their relationship? I don't think I. I, I just didn't think he had enough swag for Gail. Like Gail mm. is big city gal. Mm-hmm. And Dewey's, you know, a small fish in a big pond in yeah. the woods, bro. It, it, to me, it just didn't click. I get their dating in real life. I just, I, I would have just, I don't know. I, I didn't buy it. I didn't care for it. I was just like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so when I was getting it on on a professor's desk for you, it was like, eh. Yeah, it was like, we ain't pounding that cervix, so it's like, well, okay, man. One thing I like about Scream, which I it annoyed me a little bit, but the fact that everyone when the killer gets away, somebody pops up or somebody pops up in the killer. Like it's you never see the killer and anyone else really in the same room unless it's like Sydney. And right. that to me, I think this franchise has done a good job of having that red herring where anybody could be the killer. Right. Though I didn't believe Joe as the killer, the way they set up everyone in relation to Ghostface in this movie made me feel like okay, they they really did do a good job. Because at one point, I even thought maybe the roommate was possibly the killer, but like, eh, no. Um, once we get the the scene with uh. Uh, da, 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 da. um, Courtney Cox, Gail, shit, Gail, and um, Dewey in this like soundboard, switchboard studio mm-hmm. situation, and then we get Cotton. <sighs> I guess, um, did you ever consider Cotton as being the murderer? Do you remember if you considered that at all? I think I did. I think I did. I did. I think, well. He wanted his revenge, so yeah, I did initially. Mm-hmm. I did. I was like, yeah, he's definitely a killer. Hmm. I'm. I probably did too, but I, of course, don't have that memory. But I will say that this this was written so well in that regard. Um, I don't know. I just felt for Cotton in the whole movie. I really did because even if he had have turned out to be the killer, in my head, I was like, well, that to me makes sense. Like you've done. You've had your life ripped away from you, even though it's been "quote unquote" just a year. It was a year that you were still an innocent man. So if you right. have to get back at her, 
I kind of see, I kind of get it. Watch a bitch. You know, <laughs> get my leg back. So I ain't too, I ain't too worried about it. Um, give me your thoughts on the car scene, and specifically <sighs> after Ghostface became an Avenger and whooped two cops' asses, and then ultimately ended up in an accident. The car scene was wild. <laughs> I remember squirming in my seat in the theater the first time watching it. And like, like I had so much anxiety and this is back when I didn't know what anxiety was, but I was like, (laughs) this is like, I'm like, how the fuck Mm. are are they going to get out of this? Mm -mm. I was like, Hallie about to get it right here in the car. Man. I was like, it's it's a wrap. Well, it's a wrap on you, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and then watching it later and knowing what happened, I was I still like watch this and I'm just like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was wild. Like I, I again, that was one of those things where it was wild, and it's like, could this really? I don't know. I, I didn't even want to think about could it really happen because it was just yeah. so wild. But it was just like you still got it. But I was like, <laughs> yeah, no, that scene fucked me up. It, um, him taking out them police officers pissed me off. I'm like, what the what fucking good are y'all? But right, y'all suck. Them having to step over him that. Like you said, to this day, still, though I know what's going to happen, still was like that was the expertly done scene. Well, that portion of it, anyways, because like, what an impossible situation to be in. Again, you all of 92 pounds and you got to crawl right. over this apparent man who wants to end your life, like not once but twice. Because no, and th- right. I, I consider it three times because you almost got over, you you fell on the, the horn, which could have woke him up, and then Hallie now she gotta bring her ass across here to I was I don't understand why she didn't just keep running. I'm Sydney, fuck you. I'm good, sis. I'm good. Right. You work what your shit out. Do? Bitch, get out of here. <laughs> we gone. Bye. Yeah, this I don't know. It's 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 a good series, but man, if this ain't oh, tell me this. So with um with the first and second movie under our belt and having seen the fifth installment, do you feel like um the fifth installment still keeps the same spirit of the first couple films? Like or is it like an entirely different scream film? Mm, yes and no. I think where mm. it pays a loose homage it it definitely felt like a different movie so i i liken it to you know where you have like a huge superstar so let's say like a michael jackson mm-hmm. or whitney houston mm-hmm. and they dominate in the 80s okay. and then that kind of was the sound of the times and then it's a whole new decade and the the culture has changed, the sound has changed, and now you have these legacies that are transitioning into adapting new sounds, but still trying to keep their original fans off of a Mm. sound that they pioneered. It's like, it's either gonna work and it's gonna be great and you're gonna Mm. feel it, or it's gonna be like, you know what? 
they they're trying to do the new stuff. They're trying to you know compete with the genuines and the Tony Braxtons. Mm-hmm. It's like well, we're Michael Jackson and Houston. We don't have to compete with anybody. And it's like these new people are doing things with what's current. And then you have the older artists that are trying to kind of do the same thing based off of off their name. So yeah. that's how I kind of look at the the fifth one opposed to the first four or the okay. first three. Yeah. Okay. I, I get that. And I feel, I feel the same. I do feel like that it is a, um, it does enough with the past to make it be a, uh, a scream film, but it does veer off and do its own thing. Cause even though Billy is included in the fifth film, just the mere fact that one, he is included, we haven't had these dead hallucinations before you know so there's still right that was something new Mm -hmm. but still again like you said paid homage to um to the past and i one telltale thing for me is how do you handle technology in a horror thriller film and i think they handled it quite well one in real world stuff like with de-aging skeet but then also in continuity by not letting the existence of a cell phone stop the story right if a simple phone call can stop all this shit from happening then you got to work around it and i think scream has done that i think they've done that definitely oh oh, man so um let's move on to my favorite part of this uh movie which was the third act climax see i've got my whole defense planned out I'm gonna blame the movies. It's pretty go, huh? It hasn't been done before. You see, this is just the beginning, a prelude to the trial. That's where the real fun is, because these days it's all about the trial. Can't you see it? The effects of cinema violence on society. I'll get Dershowitz or Cochran to represent me. Bob Dole on the witness stand in my defense. Hell, the Christian coalition will pay my legal fees. It's air tight, Sid. I'm an innocent victim. Yeah, well, shh, that'll be our little secret. People love a good trial. It's like theater, they're dying for it. And I've worked hard to give the audience what they want. See, that's what Billy was good at. He knew. It's all about execution. Yeah. One forgetting one thing about Billy Loomis. What's that? I fucking killed him. Piece of shit! You got Linda Hamilton thing going. <laughs> no, no, it's nice. I like it. <laughs> now who's doing that? Could that be the mystery guest waiting in the wings? Told you I had a partner, Sid. Surprise cameo just for you. Gail. Mrs. Motherfucking Loomis. 
Bruh. So the end with the reveal. I didn't see that coming. I did not <laughs> see that coming. My mouth was like, what? Are you Yo, yes, Marvel? yes. The, again, I go back to my uh, description before. It is an exploration in creative writing and continuity. That because who thinks of that? Who right. like so? I mean, okay. Well, Billy Lewis's mother may have been a plot twist, but did you consider Mickey at all throughout the film? Um. I did because it was like I felt like Mickey was like a um a combination of mm. Sue and Randy. Yeah. And I was like, no, that would be too obvious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I thought that would have been too obvious. Yeah, I could see that. But I didn't I, I didn't I didn't bet on Mickey. Because I, I remember thinking it was cotton. But then I was like, it's got to be somebody else in the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because if, if we're going off the first one, we know hey. we had two people that were part of it. Yeah, so I, I didn't think it was Mickey. I honestly thought it might have been. It's funny. Where I didn't think it was Mickey for the obvious reasons, I would have thought Derek more so. But it's like, yeah, it's kind of mm -hmm. the same thing. Because Derek is just Billy Lewis. Yeah, but they got me. They got me because I considered Derek. I truly did. I was like, That's right, what I, I thought know. it was. I really thought it was Cotton. Mm. See, and that, oh, that's what I'm saying. I think this movie did a really good job with its red herrings. Like, mm. so um, I like the explanation. So I'm not really one who likes a lot of exposition dumping, like a lot of this is why I did this and this is what happened. But in this instance, in these movies, you got to get you got to get it out some kind of way and this um having mommy issues and meeting on a reddit forum and him being the son that she couldn't have and you know doing all this shit to get close to him it's like i love the explanation i to right. me it made sense it this, did it definitely made sense this shit. um the mom though mrs loomis whenever i see her my mind goes back to roseanne to right, Jackie. That she could act. Let me tell you, Mrs. Loomis and Jackie from Roseanne could not be further apart. Yes. Tried. Yes. And kudos to Lori Metcalf for mm -hmm. um, pulling this off and doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, she did a damn good job. There's. I don't know. I don't want to sound like some old man. Be like they ain't acting like they used to. But like this, this is this is good. This right. is good. Like it's over the top. It's a lot of mess. It's um, and I'm gonna say something, <laughs> and I want you nerds to relax and hear me out. I feel like a scream franchise isn't the only franchise that give us this, but I feel like when the MCU first started and people were so up in arms about like, oh well, will the general public understand this, this, and that, and the multiverse or whatever else. I feel like Scream is one of them franchises where we've already been primed to accept a multiverse, to accept continuity from movie to movie, to accept a lot of things right. that we have now in the MCU and the DCU or whatever it's being called these days. And, and I say that because I remember a, a conversation right before or right around Loki 
when the multiverse was introduced proper. And I remember there being conversation about will the general public follow this? And my mind has always been the general public is us. Yeah, we know more about this shit, but like just like we could follow Power Rangers from episode to episode and we could follow what happens in Scream and what happens in the Michael Myers. So like we this is not right. All you're doing is explaining that there's a different version of Sidney Prescott. That's all I need to know. I can follow the rest of this shit. So I always thought it was weird that these conversations act as if people who are not knees deep into nerd culture are somehow oblivious to the idea of like a multiverse of different versions of the same person. But I say all that to say that I think this franchise and others similar to it have already primed us in the general public to be used to that type of storytelling. Right. Just, we about to go on six movies in a couple weeks. We'll be at the sixth. Yeah, we will be at number six. And even with this being number six, this is the least number of... We have Fast and Furious 10. What do we have? Saw 8. Um, The Nun... I think The Nun is on three or four. So, like, we're in good company in the sense that there are so many other franchises with way more installments than this. So, Right. Um, So, with the... um fight back scene where Sydney is fucking up her drama department causing chaos and panic because clearly Mrs. Loomis is like dealing with some shit. Um, how did you feel about Sydney killing people? <laughs> I mean, survival of the fittest. Like, they're trying to kill me, so if I kill them, they can't no. kill me, so I did it. Pop off. Oh, talk your shit. Bro. Hand out smoke, Sid. Hand out oh smoke. Oh my god. When I tell you, she that the funniest line to me was when Mrs. Loomis had that gun pointed at her. She was like, you don't know what it's like to have children. I'm like, you are trying to kill her before she even has the ability to have children. Like, yes, exactly. since she doesn't know. Um, but yeah, Nev Campbell, bruh, I, I sometimes wonder, do these people understand how big of an impact they've had and i'm speaking specifically to the queer community um because i think we either you share to me or i shared to you i think you shared to me that um video of sarah michelle geller and i think she was being interviewed on stage talking yeah. about the queer community and their love for her and her characters over the years yeah that was I, I don't know. I can't explain it, but I I feel it. I understand what they're what they're referencing. But Nev Campbell, she ain't got to do another thing. She ain't got to do another thing. And I'm gonna watch these screen movies like they just came out. She ain't got to do shit else. All right. So yeah, all is well. That ends well. Uh, Cotton comes to save the day. Wait a minute. When did X Men? Which X Men movie did he appear in? Was it in X Two or was it in the Wolverine? Do you remember? It was in X-Men Origins, X-Men Origins Wolverine. What year was that? So that that was like five. Ooh, that was almost a decade later. Damn. That was 2008. Was it? I feel was like it? he played Sabretooth before that, but. It was, hold on. I think it, it was 2007. Um, that was 2009. It was before 10. Was it 2009? Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I'm saying. X-Men Origins Wolverine was 2009. And I'm only bringing this up because I'm trying to see, like, 
where because this had to be shot let's say 96 early 97 because it came out in june i'm just thinking like how many years between this and Sabretooth? um and then what projects were did he do in that in that in between time uh because manchurian Kennedy, i think that was 94. i don't know i just looking at these people this is like a time capsule because looking at them now all of these folks have gone on to do other things but like mm-hmm. trying to pinpoint where they were back in 97 let's see yeah this so he did scream 97 he did some movies i have not heard of he did the hurricane in 99 he did scream 3 in 2000 he did kate and leopold in 2001 manchurian candidate in 2004. really um he did the omen in 2006. um he did x-men origins in 2009 and fall in 2010. oh he was in salt dang okay well <laughs> there you go there the fuck you go um yeah, but I like him. I, I like him. There's probably anything that he's in, I'll probably watch. Just yeah. just because. Um one scene though with him in Sydney that I did enjoy is the um him having to shoot uh Mrs. Loomis in the head, but <laughs> doing so after <laughs> after asking Sid about joining him on uh Barbara what was it? Not Barbara Walters, um Diane Sawyer. Diane Sawyer, yeah, Diane Sawyer's show. And then him trying to explain to her, like, you know, I never would have tried to hurt you. This was like, I don't, almost like I'm not holding you to this promise you made with a gun to you. Like that, something about that just felt so wholesome to me. Like you put me in jail for a year. I'm fighting for my life out here. I'm saving you. And yet it's still just out of the goodness of my heart. Like I'm a good person. So whatever. I like that character. Um, All in all, Whenever all the shit hits the fan and the news crew shows up, and now we know it's the end of the movie. Two things: one, did you think we would get a third installment? And then two, was this satisfying enough for you back in '97 and today? If we never got another scream mm, in '97, I to me, I didn't think of, I didn't think of, I didn't think of trilogies like that. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. So I didn't think a third one. I was like, okay, I think. <laughs> I always say this, you want to leave the party before you're asked to leave the party. Mm -hmm. And then I remember in in 97, I'm like, technology is only going to get more advanced Mm -hmm. and it's going to get to a point where you're going to kind of be able to be ahead of this so that you don't become victim to it. Mm -hmm. So I just thought this would be a nice way to end Mm -hmm. uh, with two movies. I didn't think of a trilogy. I didn't think of a fourth movie. Um, <laughs> I didn't think of a reboot or a TV series. So mm-hmm. then I was like, cool. Now, looking back now, I feel, I feel, well, if it ended at two, that would have been cool. Yeah. Um, Because three was, three wasn't horrible, mm-hmm. but it could have been better. Three to okay. me, if you were gonna, I feel like three. They almost waited too long to do a three. 
And I say that only because one and two were so close together. Keep that yeah. same momentum because if you wait too long, you're not going to stick the landing. Yeah. And that was evident by the time four had come out because four had come out a, almost a dec uh, over a decade later. So it was mm -hmm. like by the time four came out, it just showed that with this, you needed to act quickly. Yeah. That's yeah. why I feel like four didn't necessarily four wasn't a success because you waited too long. Now had it come out five, it had four come out five years earlier, mm -hmm. and three had come out 18 months after one or even a year, mm -hmm. I think it would be a different franchise. Yeah. Yeah. That quick turnaround. But the only thing I fear with that is well, no, not really. I was gonna say, um, I would fear the quality but i also think that there's that lightning in the bottle um one thing i tell people is if you're gonna write something and we don't know if people are gonna like it they could hate it they could love it but once you right. write the end instantly write a second um a second installment what happens next even if you never release that second one only because you can never get that same magic back not to say you won't write something great Right. Or a sequel you might write a year from now may still be good, but it won't have that same exact spirit as that first thing you put out. So Absolutely. much like you, I think if they had just kept going, we we would have been. I wonder what that would have done to the TV, the movie industry then, because it's one thing to put out a sequel like the Bring It On sequel. Something that's just like, oh, let's slap some shit together and throw it out. But it's another thing to put out because I think two was really good. I don't know where yeah. I would rank it if I would rank it over one. I I, I feel like you kind of can't, not because mm -hmm. it's not as good, but because it's a direct um, sequel. Right. But it did not drop in quality. So not like if they had to push this out for three or four more movies at the same level, I wonder what that would have done to the rest of horror. And um, I don't know. No, I just wonder. That's a good question. Yeah, I feel like three would. I feel like three. I think ending at two was good. Mm -hmm. I think if they were, like I said, if they were to enjoy three, I feel like just the timing. And we kind of talked on this on the last episode. I feel like it's just the timing of what was going on in the world at that time. Mm -hmm. If you would have just released it like a little sooner, mm -hmm. you would have kept with the theme and tone. Um, but you didn't, and you know, yeah. Consequently, it you know it it it's very polarizing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's happens. You know? <sighs> okay, well that that was um scream two. Do you have any questions, comments, concerns, theories, uh, shit you want to get off your chest for scream two? Never run upstairs. <laughs> run out the front door. Man, say. Please, that's to be because where where can you go? You don't have a parachute, so where are you gonna go? Mm -hmm. Yeah, where You're are you gonna go? Where are you gonna go? There's nowhere to, to go but down. <laughs> to and hell. if you go down, you're gonna die. So if you go out, you may give yourself a few more days. I mean, you're probably if this serial killer was on a list. I mean, you were you were gonna get killed at some time. But at least you could have made it to brunch next week. But oh. I'm just saying, like you, you could have if you would have went out the front door, you probably could have watched yourself, 
you know, at least another seven to ten business days. I mean, you're not wrong. That's enough time to pack up and fly back home. For, right. For Go a while. while so. The killer ain't gonna chase you back to, you know, Tuskegee, Alabama. So hey, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> and uh, like I, my theory that I said earlier in the show, Donnie is Tara and Sam's drunken mom. Hey, that's all I, that's all I got. That that's my only theory. I'm with it. I'm with it. Let's see what happens. Wes Craven, what you got for us? Um, okay, well, let these folks know where they can find you, support you, and uh, get into your podcast that you got going on. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the John Effect X. You can listen to myself and Mr. Rain Coleman hey. on uh, John Effect podcast with gay side stories you know just two niggas talking and breaking it down and you know giving our perspectives on different things it's not you know us giving you the stereotypical this is what gay guys talk about on a podcast it's us having dialogue and conversations and bringing our authentic selves to the mic uh, we've been doing this for a few years now, so check mm-hmm. us out. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's me. Bet that, bet that. I co-signed on it. Those links will be in the show notes. Make sure you check us out. Uh, and for me, Carefree Blurred on Twitter, Carefree Blurred on TikTok, carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. If you have to get an email, a voice note, you want to get some information to me. And again, please put something in the subject line alluding to the content of the email. I would be greatly appreciated. And um, man, we're going to check you out next week. Um, come back for the third installment of the Scream Suite. And it's Good, because I want to talk about them bangs, nigga. I want to uh, talk about them bangs. <laughs> <laughs> and if we're really going to talk about diversity hires, hey. screen three is definitely the conversation <laughs> you have about diversity hires. Like, I can see you kind of got away with screen two being a little diverse, and it felt, for the most part, authentic. Mm-hmm. We're getting to part three, and it's like, you know what? This is a little... <laughs> this feels a little forced. This feels a little affirmative action, but... Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to just put a button on that. Hey, let's see. Get ready, y'all. Lock in, lock in. And check out the podcast version of this presentation. Check the link in the show notes. I think it'll be going up the following day, but, you know, who knows? Podcasts change their mind all the time. So until yeah. next time, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky. And like John said and like Sydney said in the first installment, do not fucking run up the stairs from a friggin' killer. Please find your way out of a door or a window. Uh, And don't stop running. Do not stop running. (laughs) All right, y'all.